Hello, this is episode 8 of the Financial Decapitation Podcast. Uh, I'm Sarkis, I'm joined by my co-host Mike and Peter today. Hello. Um, So this is, (laughs) to my co-host's amazement, the first episode of 2020. Swear we had one, but you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I thought, I thought we time. had one in January, but yeah. Nah, <laughs> it's been a minute, boys. Time, man, time so flies. much has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be totally fair, the last one was at uh, the butt end of December, so it almost felt like January. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, January already had a lot happen, so I guess that's why yeah. it felt more recent. But that's good for us, because that means we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah. a lot has happened <laughs> since. Uh, why don't we introduce the uh, wine and cheese today? Oh, yes. Um, we got three different kinds of cheese, starting off with, uh, it's a 20-month aged dry Gouda. Mm. Um, sorry, not dry, smoked Gouda. Then we have like a Irish Dubliner, but the Irish Dubliner classically is like a dry cheese. These are like a soft, gooey, spreadable cheese wedges. And the last one is a classically, like uh, like original Reggiano Parmigiano, which is, you know, good, dry, crumbly cheese. And then we got... Uh, Merlot to pair with this. It's a uh, more fa- more fodder. Uh, I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it, but it's a Romanian wine. Yeah, mm. and we of course accompany that with uh, classic cars, crackers, and these Ritz Crispin Thins, which are a lie. They say they're original, but they're original are flavored creamy onion and sea salt. I feel like you guys can hear the the the, the gurgling yeah, the, of the wine. The, yeah. The glug glug glug. <laughs> that was uh, very close to the mic. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's I'll take fine. I'll take half of what you're pouring. This that's way, good. this yeah, way, they know we're, we're we're not we're not lying here. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's ASMR. It's all the rage. You know. Oh god. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Let's Jesus. rub the cheese against the mic and like snap a cracker. I I, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> There, there's no like vanilla very little vanilla versions of those i feel like asmr is more of an erotic thing now <laughs> i don't doubt it and i don't want to get into that that stuff freaks yeah. me out man i don't know it's I, weird. I, I i prefer the bon appetit asmr video they did it pretty great <laughs> oh god okay yes they did one well, well anyways cheers right. to the well, first podcast of 2020 i guess yes cheers cheers Ooh, all right Alright, so, if you guys don't mind, I, I, I want to start off with uh, uh, two ideas combined. One is uh, uh, an investing idea that uh, Mike mentioned to me earlier, and the other one is basically um, uh, in- implementing that idea. Um, the idea is with options trading. Uh, so, to quickly explain to those who don't really know what options are or how to trade them, um, options are contracts which allow you to buy or sell a stock at a certain price. So there's two different kinds of options. There's calls and there's puts. Call means that if you own the contract at X price and the stock goes up, you can exercise your options to buy that uh, stock at a given price. 100 shares. One, uh, times 100 shares. Puts are the opposite. Um, if you buy a put option at a certain price and the stock goes down, the put guarantees that you can sell that option times 100 for that exact price, meaning you can sell it for higher than it's worth. So if you own a call, you want the stock to go up. If you own a put, you want the stock to go down. Now, implementing this idea is interesting news that I heard recently um, where 
Microsoft and Amazon are feuding, and they've been feuding since November about a giant government contract worth $10 billion. Um, basically, it's uh, the uh, cloud service program to the Pentagon known as JEDI. Wow, that's the freaking coolest name, man. Uh, joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure. Worth $10 billion, and other companies that are also interested in it include you know, Google, IBM, Oracle. And basically what happened was Amazon was supposed to be awarded the contract. And there was some article published uh, where they were claiming that uh, Trump favored Amazon. And then through some form of investigation that I didn't understand, um, Trump decided to move the contract over to Microsoft. Um, and they were awarded the contract and they were supposed to... Uh, have services go live yesterday actually which is February 14th um, but uh, Amazon filed a claim with the Court of Federal Claims which ultimately halted the program one day before it was meant to go live uh, it's a huge contract and it's kind of like a, a big deal now the implementation of the the strategy is uh, buy options on both ends because this is really big news it's a big deal uh, so you buy options above you buy uh, you know, a call below the strike and a call above the strike, or a put below the strike. And When you're saying above and below the strike, you mean on the line? Because strike is the price that you're buying the contract at. What do you mean, like you're buying, like on the line? No, just like above the line and below the line. Because oh, okay. Well, that's what I'm asking. You were saying yeah. above the strike and below the strike. Yeah, both. You buy both. No, no, but you're talking about on the line, though. Strike is the price that you're buying any contract at. Yeah. So if you're doing above the strike, I don't know which strike you're oh, talking sorry, about. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm saying sorry. that's why it's like, yeah. are you talking about the line? Like, out of the money and in the, the money. money. So okay. the term used for options is uh, uh, in the money means that you're, you're green. Out of the money means you're in the negative and you want it to go towards your direction to break even or make some money. So in this case, you would buy both in the money and out of the money, meaning above the stock price and below the stock price. The stock price. Um, because the idea was that you would make more money on one end than you would when, lose When you're on saying you're buying options above and below those lines, uh, I, I mean, are you buying puts and calls, or are you just buying calls? It either be both puts or both calls, because you don't know which direction it's going to go. If they rule against Microsoft and they give uh, Amazon the contract back, you know, it's negative for Microsoft. The idea would be that it would move the stock price so much that you would make more money on one side than you would lose on both sides combined. Well, so you're guaranteed to make one side over the other because it's going to go either up or down, assuming that your options haven't expired and you bought, you know, either with enough expiry, uh, with enough time on the on the clock, or the news comes soon enough that the change happens rapidly. So you would make more money on one end than you lose on the other end. Yeah, I mean, with options, uh, you know, I have a colleague that I'm talking to at work about options, and the thing is is you really want to focus on the movements and where you think it's going to go, right? So I get what you're saying, but when it comes to options trading, it's a little different than what we've talked about with stocks. You know, so a contract like this, I agree is going to be incredibly volatile. But you have to you have to know what direction it's going to go in and you need to know what the effects are going to be between the two companies and of course any subcompanies that are competing for a contract like this that will be affected. So, well, that, and you also need to take into account, has the, have effects already occurred since the contract was applied before it was repealed? Because that will just counterbalance 
what's already been going on for X amount of time. They haven't actually, because Microsoft was under the assumption that um, they were going to, uh, like they they already the stock already increased four months ago or three months ago, three months ago back in November. And then you see over the last couple of days, their stock took a slight dip, a couple bucks, just because of the halted progress, because of the, the filed claims and stuff. They haven't been officially paid for the project yet, and yeah. they haven't started yet either. Well, so I mean, I, what I would say is Microsoft has done exceptionally well even after, you know, this contract's been pulled because... Well, yeah, it's not the only industry they're in. Well, it, that and, I mean, all of their numbers are very positive. They're a very strong company. This contract, although incredibly powerful, even if Microsoft doesn't get it, they're going to be A-OK. I'm sure. Now, now, the thing is, is I would agree with other people's opinions on this in the fact that I don't think Amazon has a competitive edge for a contract like this. More or less, they want to acquire it for the proprietorship of the job. Whereas I think Microsoft would be the company that could do the job and the and gain ownership for doing it. Like, they will actually do the job well. Yeah. Amazon, I just think it's a very silly choice to think, yeah, let's go ahead and give the Jedi program to Amazon. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, you know, long term, long term speaking. In, the, in this case, I agree with you, but only because the, award, the contract was awarded to Microsoft because they were just more competitive. Well, competitive, they, they, but I'm also talking about what the job entails and what kind of industries both companies are in. So, I mean, Jedi, we're not going to be building Whole Foods and we're going to be building, you know, fresh food distribution uh, or we're not going to be focusing on anything like wholesale and retail uh, products, right? Microsoft, on the other hand, has always been on a competitive edge when it comes to any type of technological development. You know, I'm not saying Amazon hasn't, but when it comes to software development... And anything like that, I think Microsoft has what we need for Jedi program. There's a reason Microsoft is worth somewhere between 1.3 and 1.4 trillion right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Anyways, yeah, the idea was that like Microsoft's probably going to come out ahead because their stock has halted a little bit over the last two weeks, three weeks. Like you, we noticed either a smut dip or like it leveled out. Um, and uh, this is like one of those opportunities where you. You catch the news and you jump on it because you, you think it's going to get headed a certain way or uh, you're expecting something. Uh, and this is one of those times where you, you like you hear something and something clicks. Like, oh, shit. Uh, like uh, we ta- I talked about it before, the uh, lawsuit between Apple and Qualcomm. Uh, if you had any sort of expectations from which direction it was going to head, um, uh, when they closed the case, uh, Apple skyrocketed and Qualcomm skyrocketed even though only one of them came out ahead. The fact that they both ended the case, they're no longer spending the, you know these colossal amounts of money on these claims and issues in court, and so uh, they like both came out on top, I guess, even though one got screwed over on patents. So yeah, it's just kind of those things you have to watch out for. That this news is uh, it doesn't happen crazy often when you have a big like multi multi billion dollar case like that. Yeah, and I mean for for me, generally speaking, for anyone listening. Um, Options is a very risky and, to be quite honest, a a, a way of selling and, and trading that most people lose. Now, you know, you might be thinking, well, no, I know how options work, and no, I know how to trade it positively, but statistics and the facts show most people are losers with options. It's, There's a reason for that. Yeah, it, it, it's better to just take this news and just go along Microsoft and, and buy Microsoft shares than it is options. Yeah, 
I mean, the shares are long-term, and I mean, everyone listening, if you've been listening from episode one to now, you know that for me, I focus on the long-term for value growth, and the thing with options is you you can't you just can't go long term. It just it won't work. You know, you can try to go as long term as you want, but at some point you need to roll over the contract and invest it right back into another contract that has a better time value premium on it. Cuz at a certain point your contracts become you know, you start losing the the time's edge that's giving you the reason to keep it and the reason to have the growth and the value there. Whereas, you know, when you're buying for long term and for portfolio management's sake, you're looking for companies that can hold equity for a long period of time while giving you returns, uh, which I'm sure, you know, you always hear me talking about dividend paying stocks and stocks that are always expanding in the market, like waste management, um, SCI, who I talked to you guys yeah. about earlier, funerary services are incredibly necessary because, you know, when people die, you have to put them somewhere and, uh, or you have to process them too. You know, if you're going to cremate them, you can't just put them in your oven, <laughs> you know? This isn't. I mean, this is also Germany not gonna, in the forties. We're also not going to run out of dead people anytime soon, right? Um, so, and the world yeah. population is growing. Yeah, immigration's growing in America. People are coming here. People are having kids now. Although the birth rate's decreasing in America, right? The household size and stuff is decreasing. It doesn't matter. We're getting a ton of immigrants who are coming to America. You know, yeah. and the baby boomers are going to start dying. We got to put them somewhere. You know, I know it's kind of morbid to think about this for anyone listening, but facts still stand. You know, we, we have to do this service. It's necessary to society. So it's good of us to fund these companies while at the same time saving our own retirements because we'll die one day. I think, I think you referred to it in the chat as um, yuck industries. or Like a yucky premium. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just like waste management, you know. The, bar- the, the entry barriers are very high. Exit barriers are pretty low. Um, there's just a lot of equity there that's long-term. You know, when, when you buy a huge plot of land for burial services, you're not going to resell that land. You're using that land to bury people, and that's all you're using that land for. No one has a stake in it of wanting to take it from you. And no one's looking to buy more land to bury more bodies because if you can't fill it, there's just going to be an empty cemetery. You know, waste management... You get prominent spots for landfills. You can't. You just can't put landfills in the middle of a city because it's a hazard. But they're getting the they're getting the prime real estate that's on the rims of the cities in the areas where you can process it safely. So you pay that yuck premium. They're already in the market. the The entry barrier is super super high. So you know, even if you even if us three you know leave and we're saying like, man, I think I can process waste better than waste management. Where are we going to put our plant? Sure as hell not going to be putting it. Near here, we have to go way up north. Real estate is one of those markets that's typically more stable, and and the, the sheer amount of real estate waste management owns is phenomenal. Oh yeah, they're smart. That that is one of the uh, solid reasons behind why waste management long is a solid investment because it's not like their you assets know, are. Pretty solid. Yeah, you know their 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 business doesn't fluctuate with the economy. It fluctuates with trash trash usage and you know expenses and you know just like general general business economics and and that we're sort of irrelevant because everyone uses trash and so you know it doesn't matter. Well, that's why even in a market downturn, you know waste management, although they'll get hit because in any type of recession or correction or 
depression, all companies will get hit, you know. Regardless. Regardless, because, I mean, the economy is just going to be really weak. But that being said, you're still going to need a place to process your trash. You know, waste management will get hit, but how much comparative to that of other companies that are not of that nature? Or even if they are of that nature, the sheer size. In the case of an economic downturn, if the value of the dollar loses value faster than the value of waste management losing value, even if they do, it means you're making money because waste management is outpacing the economy. I mean... So if everyone's losing money and waste management just does a little bit better... You're good there. You're at least above the average. You're you're in the green, at least compared to, you know, everyone else in the economy. And now if the economy tanks, then everyone is screwed, and that's a different story. But, like, I'm just talking about, you know, you know, waves going up and down a little bit here and there. Yeah. I mean, uh, waste management has been up for the past uh, several months. And, uh, you know, they've had some down points, but month to month, they're looking very good. Um, definitely, I, I mean, I can't. I just can't stop talking about waste management. Everyone knows that. Dude, they're, the graph of like the lifetime of their company just looks like a... Amazing. Uh, a, like a, you know, the stairway to heaven kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's consistent. They've never really had a period of massive downtour, downturn or massive upside. It's just been a very consistent slope. Now... You know, which is good. I, I have a question because I've seen a lot of companies... Uh, have this, you know, general up direction, and a lot of people say it's thanks to Trump and his like new tax policies and this and that over the last couple of years. But um, I, I was gonna ask what you guys thought about the possibility of a tech, another tech bubble. Um, I, I mean, it's interesting. It's possible. Every every um, single company you see is like hugely valued, and no one thinks that their progress is gonna slow down or halt anytime soon. And you know, I like. Mean, the size of the S&P 500, the size of, of the top few companies that are so overly valued compared to the size of the rest, they make up like over 80%. The five companies, uh, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, and uh, uh, shit, I'm forgetting one. And Apple. Apple. Apple, yeah. Those five companies make up like 80% of the value of, of the S&P 500 or something like that right now. Something astonishing. Or like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Of the, oh, you of almost the, had of, me of there. The, I was like, sorry. that's of, impossible. Of the, uh, of the tech stocks. Oh. Of the tech stocks at the moment. Like, it's it's astonishing the size of the market cap they have compared to the size of all the other well, industries combined in the tech bubble. Well, I think we've already, the seen, we've already seen this kind of IPO madness go on, and some failures already have occurred uh, with ride-sharing apps like Uber and Lyft both going public and... Uh, Doing poorly, uh, yeah. let's put it that way. And then recently, was it Casper? Casper's yeah. sleep mattresses, a mattress company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go really public. weird IPO. Yeah. Um, and not do well. Um, I think we've kind of already seen signs of that. And I wouldn't be too surprised whether it's the government stepping in and, and telling companies like Google and Amazon that, hey, you guys are a monopoly now uh, and, and you need to be broken up, uh, baby bell situation, or, um, uh, no, I think that's probably the most likely thing. I don't know what other sort of situation we'll see where... That they would where be broken up? Either, either it's broken up or 
We're yeah, that's it. I don't see them just falling apart by themselves. Because they essentially have monopolies on entire sectors and services. What about that new mm. Uh, mm. Uh, Sprint T-Mobile merger that was denied multiple times in the past? Well, I mean, uh, so... The thing is, is with, with monopolies, right? <clears throat> so... Some sectors might be monopolized to a certain extent, but when you're making these decisions of whether or not to break them up, you have to look at the long-term effect. So from an economic standpoint, it's much different than looking at it from a free market and financial standpoint. And what I mean by that is, okay, when we broke up the baby, when we broke up baby bells, right, AT&T, what happened? They split in the sectors across the country and then they all raise their prices to work individually because not even just that alone though what happened if i want to make a call into another sector that was a secondary business so i have my region and i wanted to call new york oh that was expensive right so what happened to interstate commerce prices went so. up yep and what happened to consumer prices went up skyrocketed so that's that is a one economic consequence that we'd have to be aware of if we break up these companies right so we break them up we feel proud and happy that we crushed a monopoly down with corporatism. Yeah, down with corporate America. And then we're going to suffer the price repercussion. And then we're going to suffer the employment repercussion. We're going to, we're, and that's the thing. That's why economics is really, really pertinent in this is because the decisions seem clear until they're not. You know, until we realize long-term consequence could outweigh the short-term benefit we're looking at now. So that being said... These companies that are monopolizing sectors, or we see them starting to monopolize, and a merger between T-Mobile and, and Sprint um, definitely is concerning because, I mean, what, they're going to be, they're going to be incredibly competitive now against, you know, larger companies, and, I mean, who knows, we can, we can see a complete shift in the telecommunications uh, sector, but that being said, you know, we, we have to look at the long-term benefit and the long-term cost, and... It's really hard to say if, if all these are leading to a bubble because if investors feel like the price that's being traded at now is the price that they're willing to pay, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if we're just funding into an artificial growth because we're seeing a lot of innovation from those companies. Yeah, that, that's why it, it's questionable because like you are seeing, it, it's not like they stopped growing. They didn't, you know, they're not being overvalued because of something non existent. However, that does happen sometimes, and I have an example of that later. But Well, the uh, dot-com bubble, mm -hmm. we had the Asia finance crash. I mean, we have a history mm -hmm. of investing in things that were not well, valuable. I, actually, I was going to say Tesla, because as much as I love them, <laughs> holy crap. I mean, yep. yeah. So, well, here, hold on. Why, why don't I bring this up? So I, I wrote down some pertinent information to the example uh, that basically explains the difference in in the madness uh the tesla madness so um to anyone who might have not noticed over the last uh two to three weeks their their stock has skyrocketed from like just over 200 bucks all the way up to hitting about 950 and uh they've sort of dropped back down to like 750 and they stabilized somewhere in the low 800s right now basically they're being uh, compared to the other two major uh, American uh, vehicle manufacturers, and the biggest ones are Ford and GM. Uh, Tesla currently is worth more than Ford and GM combined. Uh -huh. GM in 2019, yep, 
GM in 20, uh, so Tesla sold in 2019 367,500 uh, cars. That is the amount delivered. That's the amount that they reported. That was the amount delivered and delivered. sales completed? Yeah. Okay. 367,500 cars. GM okay. sold 2.8 million vehicles, and Ford <laughs> sold 2.4 million vehicles, and uh, both of those companies add to a grand total of 17.8 million vehicles sold in the market. So, like, Tesla is a very small portion of the market still. They're ever-expanding and growing portion, but, like, holy fuck. They're worth more than the other two companies combined, which have sold more than 15 times as much combined than Tesla did. Uh, like, that's that's a staggering, staggering comparison. And, and, you know, somehow they're selling for, like, $850 a share right now. With, uh, uh, one, one of the most interesting things I read on the news that people pointed out was that um, uh, Elon Musk was uh, getting near or hit his uh, first compensation package where... Uh, Tesla was meant to hit over a hundred billion dollars in uh, in value, and it gave him, it rewarded him something like one percent of the company's stock, which you know was worth over a billion dollars. Huh. Um, and I'm pr I'm pretty sure he hit the goals for that compensation package, uh, and that's I, I just astonishing figures. Talk about overvalued. Like, I mean, maybe they are ramping up production, and they expect you know, over half a million sales this year and they're the fastest growing car company in the world, but but holy crap, like this is this is close to if not like dot com bubble uh overvaluation type deal. Yeah, it, I mean they're, they're they're definitely overvalued, but the problem is is what is their true value? Yeah it's it's, it, it's hard to say. That's the hardest thing to figure out. Well and so that's the thing the growth, I feel like, is being pushed because of skeptical investors. And that's the problem. I mean, you know, you, you look at their risk value, right, and their risk scores, and you're looking at how much of their growth is explained by the economy, and a very low percent of their growth is explained by economic movements, meaning it's a majority of, of a pump-and-dump type of situation where you have a high-volume trade moving in one direction as a result, because of the volume, you're, you're moving the entire stock. So that's why it's really hard to evaluate what's the true value of Tesla, because I don't really think you can right now, only because it's, it's so skeptically based, rather than economic based, it, it, you just can't really say, this is what Tesla should be priced at. At this point, you have to use your best judgment where you think Tesla is going to go. And if I were, if I were to guess... You know, and I mean, I've, I've been fairly accurate with a lot of my my estimates. I would say Tesla's probably going to start moving down to like the 500, 400 region unless, unless some news comes out that drives them forward. Like, for example, the Cybertruck somehow outsells, I don't know, like another competitor or completely. Like another Gigafactory in China or something. Sure. Yep. And, and another interesting thing is... Uh, you know, I, one of my uh, coworkers brought this up is the coronavirus scare in China right now. We've been seeing it. We've been seeing it affect a lot of different industries in America. Tesla surprisingly didn't get hit very hard from it. Most of their, I'm sorry, all of their production is not very close to 
um, the location of the coronavirus outbreak. But that that's irrelevant, though. And There's a ton of products that are made all over China that are, are far from the zone, and they got hit, too. Apparently, they haven't ceased production in any form whatsoever. They haven't slowed down in the production in any means. Yeah. And they haven't really reported, you know, increased cost of anything or any sort of difficulties. So maybe they managed to dodge the bullet on this one, or are they still kind of on the border? Like, they haven't been quite affected by it yet? I mean... I would believe that would be the case if other companies were exempt were also becoming exempt yeah. from the situation. It, if it's, it's only it one like. company out of thousands and millions of companies, that that doesn't make sense. I mean, statistically speaking, outliers exist, but in a scenario that pretty much affects everyone, it's really, really unlikely to see a place, especially like a gigafactory that brings so many people together into an, into one area, not be affected, especially. When trade is being affected, just alone the cargo ships that are transporting, those are being affected too. Yeah. And the transit systems are being affected. So that's why I'm a little skeptical on how that occurred. Even if they were still producing their cars, how are workers going to the factory? How are workers getting their goods and their services to continue work? There's just a lot of long-term economic chains that I feel like should have affected Tesla one way or another, whether it's their stock price or their performance. And yet they walked away unscathed. So I'm a little, little iffy on what's going on there, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't I make read, sense. I have read a lot of news about um, a lot of the tech companies out there getting hit, like uh, RAM prices going up, uh, SSD prices going up, that sort of stuff. You see a lot of um, chiplet manufacturers over there getting hit. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the tech industry in general has taken a, a bit of a hit from this but yeah it's it's, it's one weird of those, one of those outliers i guess i don't know yeah just really really weird i don't know tesla it's um yeah but weird not, weird situation hold on here's the question is the cars that they're selling in china do they all come from that gigafactory or do they import cars as well well i mean it's very possible that yeah. they could be importing cars in which case their sale of cars in in china won't be as strongly affected as, as we originally thought. Well, if they're importing cars and exp exporting those that are made in China, it's pretty cost inefficient. No, 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 not exporting cars. Like, in, in addition to the Gigafactory in China, they're mm -hmm. also importing cars into China to make up for the sales that they otherwise would not have sold. I don't know, man. That's um, that's a pretty big claim to say demand levels are that high in China, and then, well, you know, depending they, on where their factory is. They were selling cars in China before they built the Gigafactory. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying whether they sell cars or don't sell cars. I'm saying the demand level that outweighs one Gigafactory requiring other Gigafactories to supplement it seems like a reach. You know, we have three what three Gigafactories in America? Uh, I believe so. Okay, so we have three. Those are supplying American consumers and European consumers, right? I believe so. So, I mean, I would argue just because the CPI in America is really high and just because, you know, we do have a lot more wealth per capita and a lot more wealth per individual, I think the demand levels would outweigh in America than that of China. You know, they're, I mean, their per capita is low just because of the population, but, you know, I mean, how many people there are, you know, six-digit earners and are thinking about buying... A Tesla car. Well, think about this for a second. Yeah. China, every year, is building more road and road network in their country mm -hmm. than the rest of the world combined. They're also buying more cars than the rest of the world combined. They're also outpacing 
they're making more cars than the rest of the world. I'm not sure by combined, but they are making an astonishing number of cars. But we haven't really seen any of their cars come here yet. But that, that's a topic for another time. I think we already mentioned that once. But yeah, and yeah, the amount of cars that they buy, produce, drive, use is an astonishing figure. Their demand for cars is like uh, unlike anything you. But have the here. demand for Tesla's car, though. You know, That's yeah. the thing. Well, yeah. remember, they still they still drive cars that are from like the eighties and the nineties. Those I are mean, still traded heavily there. They don't really have cars from the eighties and nineties there. Yeah, it's mostly like these Chinese. Their, their road network cars. is about yeah. twenty twenty five years old. Well, up until the eighties, yeah. they were riding around in in like well road road not, uh, what do you call it scooters and like you know horses and carriages like as unrealistic as it seems they were very behind on automotive technology until the last 20 or 30 years you know i i agree with that but that being said it doesn't mean they can't bring those vehicles in from neighboring impoverished nations that did have road systems i.e russia who wants to get rid of a huge amount of their backlogged vehicles that they don't use anymore uh, they can mass sell them to china which that, that's they do a bit do. of a stretch it's it's really not though. I mean, think about it. If, if you're if you're a nation that has a, had a huge tech jump, like Russia, who was in the dark ages for a sizable amount of time in terms of consumer demand of technological, uh, uh, what's it, uh, goods, and that being your modern day cars with the uh, really nice electronic screens in the front. They're not driving Impalas anymore. They're mm-hmm. moving over to driving modern-day Hondas or oh, no, whatever. They're still producing, like, Lottos and, and really, you know, yeah. 1980s, 1970s cars. Sure, but they're producing it today. I'm saying yeah. backlogged cars that they're not currently driving, they would sell to impoverished nations in large lump sums. You would America think so. does the same thing. Well, we do the same thing. We destroy half of them, and then we can sell or goodwill them to other countries. I mean, for example, there was a company that made electric cars that was incredibly popular in California. Um, the company went under. America seized a bunch of their vehicles, destroyed half of them, exported them away to another nation. Goodwill. No. What, what company was that? Oh, I don't know. They only survived for maybe a couple years, and then uh, there's a huge documentary on them, actually. But um, you probably look it up. It was one of the very first electric vehicles. I think this was before the Prius. This was before the Prius. Like the 90s? Uh, it might have been the 90s. This is when it was wow. first coming around. But, um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the company, but they did innovate the technology. They went under. They lost a lawsuit, I believe. And as a result, all their property and their goods were seized. Hmm. And they half of them were destroyed, and the other half were, were given away. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. You know, if you're a poor country that now has enough capital for their consumers to acquire vehicles, rather than producing it yourself at first, you want to acquire it. So you Maybe import cheaper. it. cheaper. You import cool. it. Yeah. Right. Some, of the, some of these car stories are ridiculous. You ever hear the story about the uh, the DeLorean and the company that made it? Yep. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Ever, you ever hear what happened with the, uh, the founder of the company? Uh, Wasn't was, it a drug bust or something? It was a huge drug bust yeah. and they ended up seizing the company over it. Well, yeah. there you have it. Cocaine, yeah. if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a cocaine deal. What a wonderful time the 70s, the 70s and 80s were. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, there you have it then. <laughs> yeah, seizing of companies, seizing of goods. It... It happens. Oh, okay. Hold on. So uh, here's a my my last like really big interest topic that I had uh, listed was uh, one we've talked about before. It also has to do with uh, the uh, criminal enterprise, I guess. Um, uh, Huawei. Uh, I, don't oh, think, I don't think yeah. anyone is surprised to hear yeah. them again. Uh, they're under fire again. 
The Department of Justice has officially filed charges for racketeering, conspiracy, and conspiracy to steal uh, secrets, uh, both state secrets, industry, and trade secrets, claiming that there's evidence of backdoor access to their products used to steal, basically. Uh, they even had a... Pro like, we've even presented evidence that there is uh, a program that rewarded employees who helped steal intellectual property. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, among the defendants named are the company's CFO, Wan Ju Meng, who was expedited to the U.S. on charges of spying. Mm -hmm. uh, spying and uh, conspiracy. Yep. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. you know, we've been working on this for a while. You know, Europe has been trying to figure something out for a while, and then they gave up and gave Huawei the rights to build the 5G network anyways. But America was persistent, and then they found evidence, and now they're trying to hurt Huawei bad. This, this is a big deal. I mean, this is this is why we're not Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. It also, I mean, yeah, uh, we, we've been on this, uh, America has been on the, the Huawei case for a while. Um, seems they may have like cracked it wide open. Uh, definitely for the better because uh, considering any, any, realistically any company of any major size or significance that is headquartered or founded in China is in part controlled by the Chinese government itself. Yes, that's so, the nature of their country. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> if they wanted to build a 5G network or be the dominant 5G network provider, then anything on that network would be open to the Chinese government. Yeah. So no matter what, whether they found uh, evidence or not, the U.S. was not going to allow China and their... Uh, burgeoning... Ways. Yeah, burgeoning... Uh, burgeoning... Um, 5G networks to, to take hold here. Well, that that's why there's a reason why we use China as a manufacturer and not an intellectual property distributor in our country. And well, it's because there's a lot of chances where their government's like, well, this is a real easy way to get into American infrastructure and American satellites and American... I mean, I know it may sound like conspiracy theory, but at the end of the day... Countries are always looking for an in on other major superpowers, especially to get the upper We hand. do that all the time. Oh, of course. Basically, all that's going to happen is instead of the Chinese government and the U.S. government spying on us, it's just the U.S. government spying on us. <laughs> hey, l yeah. last time I checked, China does not value intellectual property as a right. Or, or mm -hmm. yeah, that, that doesn't exist in China. There was a, there was a case where uh, some manufacturer in China made a knockoff of a Land Rover vehicle. Land Rover got tired of their shit. They went to China over there and oh, they I sued them. Mm -hmm. And they lost. The, the Chinese yeah. judges said, no, they're, I, they're clearly different. Look, one is named this and the other is named that. They're clearly different when they clearly were not different cars. And so they're like, yeah, yeah. Land Rover, what are you talking about? You're, I mean, look, they made their own vehicle. You didn't make the vehicle for them. What are you talking about? Right, I mean, that's why the courts in America about... Uh, um, what's it, uh, copyright laws and uh, infringements and such, they're a lot more specific in the fact that, yeah, it doesn't have to be named like it, but if it functions the same way and it uses the same technology that's been patented, or, yeah. or if the process you're doing it has already been patented as well, then you've infringed the rights yeah. on the country that or the company that came up with it. I don't think there's a word in Chinese no. for patent. I think they just have chosen, either there is and they've chosen to ignore it or they haven't thought of it yet. Well, I, I think their law just doesn't define it as something as rigorous as the Americas have. 
you know i i think for them it's just kind of like well and, and and for example that's why toy knockoffs right i mean there's a reason why mattel and other you know hasbro can't yeah. come after these chinese companies that make knockoffs that are obviously <laughs> a copy of what they've created but but just named differently there's a reason for that well, here, yeah. hold on. So Huawei is not copying anyone. They're just trying to access. Well, um, they're a different. Yeah, yeah there's a different, different yeah. scenario. But, but, but yes. yeah, um, it's 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 amazing because because damn Huawei, like we <laughs> someone tried to trust you and you just like stabbed them in the back, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, um, in in economics, everything comes with a cost uh, and a benefit. And in this case, it's not like we were just going to get Huawei and all the benefits of having Huawei in our nation and. We're gonna have the cost as well, <laughs> and that's that's economics for you. You know, no no such thing as a free lunch. Got to pay something. Now, um, also since we last talked, um, another stock that's also had not quite of an explosive growth uh, as Tesla is actually um, Beyond Meat has bounced back. Mm. Um, they're trading at almost uh, I believe it was one eighteen one twenty. Uh, at this point, um, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, considering they were selling for about, I want to say 85 since we last talked. When when they were getting, cor- when the market was co- going through a correction, yep. they got hit the hardest. And I think it's because people started realizing mm-hmm. they may have been a tad Seven, bit overvalued. 75, 77. Okay. Currently they're trading at uh, 117. Yeah, that's a pretty solid recovery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've come out with a lot of new types of meat substitutes. Like, oh, yeah. They started coming out with, like, types of sausage. And yeah. And they're, they're working made, on bacon. They're working on bacon. They're working on chicken. They're working on a few different things. There's a lot of people on YouTube now posting about the economic, uh, not economic. The, the environmental uh, envir- impact. environmental impact that they're helping to reduce um, mm. greenhouse gases and emissions because... Cows and farming and, you know, slaughterhouses and stuff aren't very friendly, neither to the environment nor to the animals. And most people don't necessarily think about it. They just eat meat and kind of move on. You know, I'm one of those people, but they're they're bringing to light a lot of these crazy topics. And you're starting to see uh, people are kind of taking this into value, into consideration. Uh, I believe I saw the same videos as you did. I mean, we have a video now of, I think it's like trending on YouTube. Of Bill Gates eating a Beyond Meat <laughs> product. Oh yeah, with uh, Mark Rober was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and when you really think about the economics of it, um, the amount of money and time is is spent on growing meat, beef. Mm-hmm. It's quite costly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, not only to the environment, just but just financially. So if we could produce a product like you know, substitute meat products like Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat or Impossible Foods um, for a fraction of the cost, but the same amount of calories, nutrients. I mean, we could have a re... We could see some really exciting stuff. You know what? I am quite happy that the future, that, like, if we do have to give up meat, at least it doesn't taste bad. It tastes great. You know, it's yep. really freaking sweet, actually. We had a taste test on yeah. here. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Honestly, it was great. It just tastes like a well-spiced, well-mixed-up, uh, cooked meat of some sort. It was great. And, you know, if I have to change to save the world with the rest of everyone else, uh, I don't mind it so much. Yeah, I mean, um, 
You know, but but here comes me as the devil's advocate, right? Where where's the where, so where's the free lunch? There is no free lunch. Cost so what's the same. The, well, what's the, so we see we've identified the financial cost, right? But I mean, there's going to be other underlying costs. I mean, listen, it's some they they have R and D that they have to pay for, and so it's. Oh, I'm, but I'm not talking about financial though. I'm talking about so. For example, there are some journals that are coming out right now from medical institutes questioning uh, fake meat. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. I read so some so that too. A, a lot of them are a little concerned about okay, yes, this is a good product, and yes, this product is a, it can be used as a supplement to a diet. But not a substitute. But, but as a substitute, what are the health repercussions? Oh, yeah. So playing as a devil's advocate, right? Now, Assuming this is not a trend, assuming it's going to be culturally accepted and holding those two things as constant, what long-term consequences could we face from something like this? Uh, I have a question. We don't know. We need to do studies. Well, that's, um, so that's the thing. Um, that's why I think the value right now is fantastic. The product's fantastic. But I think that looming concern is where it's going to keep it at bar until we find out those Let me answers, argue both sides you know? here. Uh-huh. On, on your side, I have read those articles as well. No. I read one article that said that um, Beyond Meat, or no, the Impossible Whopper uh-huh. contains so much estrogen that it's supposed to give you man boobs if you eat it. <laughs> I heard that was, de- that uh, was debunked, yeah, though. Yeah. But, that was fake. But that information came from the fact that it contains estrogen because the food is made from soy, which mm-hmm. does contain uh, you know things that aren't naturally in regular meat. Eating a lot of soy will have some sort of impact on you. Right. Now... So like it's it you know it's debunked but it was information that came from somewhere. Now right. fighting both sides on one side the food is really good on the other side it might not be the best for you. You have to figure out who's posting or who's posting the articles on both sides. The one the people that say that it's really good for you are they being paid by Impossible and and beyond or yeah. vice versa? The other ones are they being paid by the meat industry? Like who's funding their research? Exactly. Who's funding the scientists? You know, yeah. are they completely unbiased and unrelated? In which case, we can listen to them, see what they have to say. I mean, most things will be biased. Exactly. I would argue like ninety nine percent of the things you read will have a bias. Yeah, who's paying for it? But but that's the thing. So I mean, regardless of, of the bias, though, the fact that the concern exists. Right, we can look at all the research we want. We can we can complain about the biases all we want, but remember, people still believe that vaccines cause uh, cause autism. Well, yeah, I was gonna okay. say there's a concern for everything. Exactly, yeah. and and whether it's true or not, that's what I'm saying though. Is I like these substitute products, but the question is is will they become so culturally accepted that it can become a norm? I mean, it might take a while. Uh, I I don't think it would happen at all though, because for example, the trending. Uh, diet of veganism is coming down to a decrease. No, it's actually not. It's not on a high rise anymore, and we've already seen that the vegan diets aren't going like this anymore. We found that people are going like this. So you've already you've by, hit by a lot of people. To the viewers, you can't see growing vegan be- pretty well. I'm not talking about I'm, vegetarianism. I'm talking about veganism. Vegetarianism is growing. Veganism. That's what I'm talking about. To the viewers who can't see, Mike, when he said like this and not like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Maybe a little confused. Yeah, sorry about that. uh, I'm talking about like the beginning of a bell curve and you're hitting the plateau. So where you would hit like a mean on a normally distributed statistical graph. You know, that's where I see veganism. Vegetarianism, I think, is going up. And and the reason for that is because there's people who still eat fish and there's still people who are eating you know like a pescatarian diet 
Mm. You know, but but I don't think veganism is still on that upwards trend. I don't we hear know. a lot about it, but I don't the, know. The I've been hearing a lot more about it uh, uh, now, especially because of uh, <laughs> uh, because of the the recent uh, I don't know if you heard the documentary Game Changers. I've not it's, heard of that. Uh, no. It's about athletes um, who are either vegan or vegetarian. Um, I believe it was vegan mostly mm. um, vegan athletes and. Uh, the possible health benefits of having like a non uh, meat or or uh, uh, animal based diet, uh huh, um, and it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, hmm. Even like uh, people, famous athletes like uh, Lewis Hamilton, um, the F one, uh, the famous F one driver, or um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I believe. Also, is a vegan now. As is at this point, either a vegan or vegetarian um, okay vegetarian yeah. sounds more believable um only because i know a lot of athletes still want to consume some sort of protein i mean natural protein well right not and, natural, and i say meat, meat like protein right and when i say a lot i'm, I'm not saying like you know 99 percent, but there's a lot of athletes out there who see natural diets you know omnivoric diets that's true but there's also okay. studies of meat causing inflammation Mm-hmm. And inflammation is exactly what you want to avoid uh, when you're an athlete because it reduces recovery times. Uh-huh. Uh, Nate Diaz is another um, non-meat eater. Mm. He's a famous UFC uh, fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may actually be an argument, maybe not a no-meat diet, but a reduced meat diet. Yeah, I mean, I but I think that's sure. something people already can wholeheartedly agree on that uh, is I, I, to go back to your point about uh, people believing you know vac- vaccines causing autism right I don't know if a lot of people believe that or know that or well, or, or, well no, no no but but remember the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is one's an absolute and one's a moderation moderation is a reduced meat diet I, whereas like no meat is an absolute right or, or vaccines cause autism that's an absolute well, but I but I'm thinking I think if you were to ask anyone right now in America, do we eat too much meat? I would think a lot more. You would get a lot more people saying yes, we eat too much meat than people who say no, we don't. Eat yeah, too much meat. that that's what I'm saying. I'm not right. saying like yeah. you know you know people are gonna be like no, we have to eat meat and more of it, and people are gonna be like no more meat. But well, I think there's a lot of fence people. The more here. important question is if you ask them a follow up question, how many of you would be willing to reduce the amount of meat you eat in a day? Or substitute with something like Beyond or Impossible, your number would differ significantly. Because although yes. 9 out of 10 people say, yeah, we eat too much meat, you won't get 9 out of 10 people saying, yeah, I should eat less meat. Right, well, but that's the difference between the two questions is one is an anal- an analysis of the society and the other is an analysis of yourself's behavior. Yeah. Well, that's where uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods would come in because mm. traditionally the answer to that question is... Well, what would I eat instead? Mm-hmm. Because there weren't really any sort of a, comp- uh, like a, uh, not a comprehensive, but a, any sort of a legitimate option of like a meat substitute. Let me, let me All sh- your veggie burgers and, and meat substitutes were pretty far off from the actual thing. While with these new, you know, impossible foods and beyond meat, you get pretty close to the actual product. Is it possible that the problem isn't a matter of how we're going to substitute a portion of the meat that we're eating, but just in general we should just reduce 
the amount of meat we eat and then substitute eat the balanced diet we were supposed to be eating. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, how are you going to convince people to do that? I don't think Ed- you Education. Can... I mean, remember, this is a mm. core thing that we've taught. Well, so you say, mm, right, but how do we teach people about finances and taxes during the 70s? Taught it in elementary and high schools. So what happens when we didn't do it today? People don't know how to do taxes. People don't know how to do finances. The biggest takeaway I got from that Mark Rober video was him tricking children into eating burgers that they thought was, you know, a normal burger. Uh-huh. And then him telling the kids afterwards that it was fake meat. There's no meat in that burger. It's actually impossible and beyond right. making something like meat. Mm-hmm. And they were surprised and generally excited. And every single one of them said, wow, that's actually really good. And then finished their burgers. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is that, like, no one's really upset about eating these things and changing their diets because it doesn't really feel like a change. Yeah, and, and I mean, but again, that's where I think my question still stands is, okay, we do this, we find this real substitute to meat. The general concern, I don't think, is whether or not we need the substitute or not. We just need to reduce the meat consumption in general. For example, how many veg- how much vegetables do you guys consume? Try to eat Sarkis, I think I know you eat pretty healthy. Only because you're losing weight and stuff. And and you eat small portions. I eat small portions. I try to eat at least a salad a day or include veggies in most of my meals. Now, now would you say... I used to not eat so healthy, and it's a different story right now. Would you say a lot of Americans eat that diet? Definitely no. There's a lot of fat people, and I'm a fat guy, but there's a lot of people (laughs) way fatter than me. And I've lost a ton of weight, but, like, you know, I haven't hit my ideal weight yet, and so I'm still continuously changing my diet over time. And right now, I might be eating cheese and wine but like you know this isn't a, a, a my everyday meal and i think right, that yeah. most of america eats rather poorly yeah most people that i know eat like just straight up meat and cheese and and that's about it so 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 then to bring this to bring this to a full circle right everything i've said everything you guys were saying let's bring it to a full circle now right if people transform their diets to naturally lower the amount of eat the meat we're intaking to the normal amount we're supposed to and instead replace our diet to the normal amount of vegetables and carbohydrates and other types of goods we're supposed to be consuming, would we require the substitute in general because we would not be producing as much meat anymore? Right? We're bringing it to full circle now. Yes. Right? So Because society doesn't intend on producing less meat. Because but, but we're not... We're, remember, I'm holding all things constant right. here, Peter. We can't, change right. the, we can't change the constants. The constants are, if everyone did that, okay. would we need the substitute? Assuming today? population would, doesn't change. Right, because we're, 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 ma- we're making the X variable constant. We're right, looking right. at the Y now, right? We can't change X. Uh, I'm, it would I'm still say, exist, yeah. It would it exist, but would the demand for it increase? wouldn't be as high, no. Right. Well, so then that—that's where I'm saying I don't think you would have that much more of a cost. That's why I'm—that's why I'm making the assertion that if we were to educate people on having the balanced diet as generations move forward, we're going to see the replacement need and the general consumption of meat go down. Meaning the concern about cattle farms and all these poultry farms go down because naturally those farms will have to stop production demand quantity demanded will decrease true Mm -hmm. but now um comes the question of will that actually happen uh right and i mean and then that becomes muddy right so So, your plan requires that someone who doesn't want to pay for the industry have to pay for educating the industry people about the industry like you, you basically want the government to reform the education system to teach about your diet in elementary school and middle school, right? Which costs a lot of money and extra time. That they does it though. Want. When, when did, when have we done this in history? Let's think back. What do you mean? 
when have we taught nutrition classes and basic dietary and household care and that type of stuff? When, when did we do this? Let's think back. I My can't recall 50s. the time. Even further than that. Dude, we, we've been doing it. We've been doing it institutionally during the 1800s. Teaching kids how to be a, how to be a caretaker, you know, take care of your home, a homemaker, right? Basic diet. What happened to the, uh, you know, your, your basic uh, cooking classes? Home ec, yeah. Home ec, which everyone had to take during the 70s. Everyone had to take during the 60s. What happened to those classes that taught people, oh, this is apps. how you make spaghetti. Yeah, and this uh, is apps. how, right. We don't have that anymore, right? Yeah. And, wh- and what have we seen, and I bet you, if we pulled up a graph, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm intending on doing this when I leave, but let's make a graph of what happened on the 70s moving forward. Of people in obesity versus people who don't cook. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that's where we went wrong. And I think that would be proof in the pudding that removing an educational component will alter the societal direction, especially as little things like nutrition in the wrong direction. This, was a, this is a 50-year change, by the way. So that's why, yeah, my assertion is quite extreme, but is it really? The, the consequence is extreme, but is the solution extreme? You're going to have to convince not the American public, but the American lawmakers to somehow enact uh, new educational reform on right. diets, which most people seem to learn on their own outside of school. Yeah. Uh, and whether or not that's a good thing or not, it seems like a... Uh, difficult task to. It, it is also yeah. you have to uh, uh, fight against all the lobbying groups and special interest groups that have mm-hmm. a stake in those industries right. that don't want the educational system to change. Well, so then is... why don't we why don't we fix it from the core, right? You don't like how the government is, right? No. You don't like how the government is, right? So uh, vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So vote. I mean, everything we're saying right mm. now is a problem because people don't vote for the right people to go into government to fix things. You know what? Right? You reminded yeah. me of the funniest thing I've seen in the last <laughs> week or two is uh, Michael Bloomberg, uh, oh. president, oh. presidential <laughs> candidate, went around on Instagram yeah. contacting influencers. Like, oh, I saw and, this. Yes. And, yeah. and oh, my paying God. Them, I cannot believe Oh, that. my. And paying <laughs> them to post things about him and memes. Like, one of the ones he said was, uh, hey... You should start one of those challenges again, but instead of dancing, people go and vote for me, and I'll pay you to go and make this a challenge. There was another one where he contacted someone and said, hey, I'll pay you to say that Michael Bloomberg has a big dick, and then to make a t-shirt and sell it for profit. You keep 100% of the profit, Uh, I'm just going to pay you to go and do it. And the guy responded with saying... Um, uh, well, do you have a big dick? I can't sell lies. And Michael Bloomberg said, I'm Jewish and a billionaire. What do you think? And he (laughs) said, yeah, you're right. Uh, no one with a big dick would ever work hard enough to become a billionaire. And then, and then, and then he took Michael Bloomberg's money and then started selling a shirt that says Michael Bloomberg has a small dick. Oh my God. (laughs) I, I I know I actually follow one of the the influencers uh, slash meme pages that he hired. Uh, white people humor. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, he hired really? a lot of people. Yeah. Oh a God. lot of people. He contacted and paid a, a Jerry Media. Who, if you've heard of Jerry Media before, the page uh, Fuck Jerry. Yeah, from Fuck Jerry. Uh, yeah. If you might have heard that one before because it's pretty popular, but you might might have also heard its connection to something else called uh, Fire Festival. Oh, that oh giant fraud at, where they were hired by uh, the people behind Fire Festival to promote it and sell it. 
Um, and then Jerry Media went out and paid for a documentary that didn't paint them in the worst light so they can spin the narrative in their own direction. Yeah, that Jerry Media. Uh, sounds like a 2008 scenario, except minus the media coverage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ma- Michael um, Bloomberg is on one. Uh, either this yeah. is like the most genius campaign for presidency I've ever seen to get the young Memes. people to go out and vote, oh hiring God. influencers and, and p- meme pages to post about him. Or this is the dumbest waste of money I've ever seen. And I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> I mean, you can argue that our current president basically shit-posted his way to the top. He kind of did, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, so so here's the thing. Why is this no surprise, I'd say? both. Well, what's a, first off, what's the commonality between Trump and Bloomberg? Both are millionaires, both are businessmen, right? What, what do... What do what do we do best? Billionaires. Or billionaires. 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 Not, not we'll just put million plus heirs, okay? They're the, the 1% of the 1%. Right. Now, in business, Sarkis, right, you try to competi- You try to find your comparative advantage, mm-hmm. and you try to really hone in on it yep. and create it to become your absolute advantage. Now, here's the thing. That's why I think those two are the only ones who have been using Twitter as a shitpost guide and using memes to, to allude to the younger voters because i think there's a lot of old hacks that don't understand how to reach out to the younger generations but as businessmen you naturally have to have that cutting edge like look i have to adapt to today or i can't win dude and, i think it's amazing and that's why yeah. dude bernie bernie is winning right now right yeah. but but is he like really inspiring no. the flame of the hearts of the young people no. using <laughs> our own social media no he's doing it by by diluting the younger generation the thinking don't worry, guys. There's plenty of free lunches. You don't have to pay shit except all your income, and I will make sure you get everything you need. He he inspired the young voters by talking about weed, but that was about it, really. Weed and, right. like, free everything, but, mm-hmm. like, nothing is free. Everything has to come from somewhere. Someone's got to pay for it. And and now with Yang out of the game, yeah. there is pretty much... It, the race is pretty much between two socialists now. And that's it. Uh, Pete, uh, I can't pronounce his last oh, name. Oh, B- Buttigieg. Buttigieg or whatever his Buttigieg name. Oh. Or something. I can't oh, wait for man. him to get out of the race, so I don't need to look at his name anymore. But and then there's yeah, I don't. He's even a socialist. Know He's yeah. pretty much preaching the same thing as Bernie. I, I think he might be a tad bit less extreme, hmm. but you know, I don't think you can get less extreme where, than socialism. Where the hell did? Biden and Warren fall off. I feel like they were front runners now. No, they're old hacks. No, they're old hacks. They're They're not even in the top three. (laughs) Anyone who has like those Warren signs out right now or Biden signs are deluding themselves into thinking those two old hacks have a chance because Biden is just a weird creep and I think we can cycle him out really easy. I don't even think he had a chance. He's also just at, like, I think age is catching up with him a lot. People forgot to take the stickers off their cars from four to eight years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, still having the uh, the Biden stickers, Hillary <laughs> yeah. stickers. It's like, well, you know, you guys might want to start chipping those <laughs> off because that ain't happening. Get over it. <laughs> um, and, and Warren, the only reason I don't think Warren is, well, okay, frankly, it's not that I don't think she's not going to stay on the ballot, is, is merely because her politics right now are, yeah, they, they really encourage a lot of youth to back her. But that's about it. You don't really have a lot of middle-aged people who are like, yeah, Warren's fantastic. You have a lot of them just kind of like, well, you know, Warren's saying some things I agree with, but 
I guess Bernie sounds really better, or, or or a lot of them could have even been going towards Yang because we did have a we did have yeah. a good amount of people going towards Yang, just not a lot of outcome. Honestly, I couldn't imagine any world where someone thought Bernie was better. I don't see any of his policies making sense in any way, and I don't see any of his. And yet actual... he's leading. You say yeah. this, and yet he's his, leading. His most baffling one, which I still I, the the more I think about it, the more it just it makes me scratch my head, is the um net worth ceiling i don't know if you i heard about that yeah where if you have a certain amount of money every year you have to pay a percentage of it as taxes and like every single year which doesn't make a lot of sense because when i think about that like okay if you're if you're a billionaire you're jeff bezos right Mm -hmm. most of your money is probably going to be an amazon stock right right it's not going to be liquid cash right uh, so if you're required to pay this amount of money every single year because you just have that much money as your net worth, then you're forced to sell off your own company. Now, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because you would forced, liquidate your stocks. And, you would and, right. be forced to liquidate your own stocks, uh, which would lower your own stock prices, which would also lo- uh, loosen your, your control of well, your own company. Yeah, and, and and would sabotage your own company. See, trying to make sense yeah. of anything Sanders like have said, just it, it's you can't. Uh, if you're an economist, or if you're in any type of business structure, or, or or not business structure, sorry, like business education or background, I'm pretty sure when you're listening to Sanders speak, it's like looking Having at someone and... just smash their face into a wall, and you're like, "Whoa, dude!" Like. He's definitely not going to do that again. That looked like it hurt. And he's going to do it twice as hard now. And you're like, what the hell? And the dude just keeps going. Keeps going. And that's exactly what I feel like I'm watching Bernie do. It's like having an aneurysm. It is. And, and this, okay, so, and just, just to give background to people, um, you know, why we're talking about this is because these elections, this election primarily, is going to be one of the most shocking events to happen to the market. And the reason is, is that you have this amazing 10-year, 11-year bull market run. We are doing fantastic. This election is going to be rough because if Trump gets reelected, the speculation of another wild four years is going to make certain investors run to the wall, start liquidating their stuff, saying, hey, the, the next year is going to be even worse than the last four years. Or if Bernie wins... You're going to have capitalists running to the wall saying, yo, we're screwed. Companies are going to start going down. We're going to start seeing lawsuits left and right. People are going to be running. I mean, the markets are going to be so just crazy, hectic, and chaotic in the next coming year, which is why this election is huge. Talking about this is imperative right now because whoever gets elected, we're going to have a really rocky four years regardless of who wins. I'll be honest, I, my hope was on Yang. I didn't agree with yeah. some of his stuff, but out of anyone on the DNC, he was a moderate who showed certain libertarian values that I backed. Yeah. You know, and, and and I was like, you know what? You have some common sense, and I thank you for it. He had a focus on education and had a plan for education. And I was like, good. I like education. I want education to be funded. At least, you know, second, uh, uh, what's it, primary and secondary, not not advanced, but, you know, yeah. uh, elementary and high school. And it's just, you know, it's very difficult to see what the markets are going to hold in this coming election just because we have 
a socialist, and we have someone who's just crazy. Yang had a, a mutual understanding of the public that he intended on supporting, whereas yes. most others are so one-sided that nothing they say really makes sense. So that, that was kind of a... Yeah. It, it, the, the economics of it just doesn't make sense for all the other DNC candidates right now. I mean, for example, to make all healthcare public, no private healthcare. Well, I mean... Sure. Let's just say that's a great thing to do. There's going to be economic consequences, and the trade-off is is that that's an, a that's not a solution to the uh, the wage crisis that are impacting nurses and EMTs right now because you're going to public you're going to make them all public now, so they're all have to be funded by the state and by the government. Well, how many more taxes are you going to have to collect to make sure they get paid? You know, yeah. are you going to keep paying your EMTs minimum wage? Because if you want to talk about the biggest wage disparity in America, it's not your fast food, you know, flipping burgers people. It's your nurses. The people who go out and spend years getting educated to make a 30, 40K income. And and that's where I'm kind of like, yeah, fast food workers, that's a shame. But that is your choice because there are ways to move out of those jobs. Well, wait, 30, 40K, where though? Well, I mean, at public and private healthcare institutes. In fact, actually, yeah. pri- private pays more. Private pays RNs. their RNs more. Yes. Private on margin. No, no, no. They, mm. they make more. I, I don't what know. are you talking I, about? I have, I have literally my sister and her husband are nurses, RNs. They make right. a lot more than that. Where are they working? Uh, well, they're working at USC. Well, private. private. There you go. I actually. Well, that's my point. Like... I'm saying private pays, pays better. I but on a know. national level, RNs make low money. National oh, well, level, yeah. national level, yeah. If maybe you move outside of LA, go to like a public hospital, maybe less, yeah. Yes, yeah, I don't that's know a problem. Of any public hospitals, like at least here in Los Angeles, so I wouldn't know how many. Well, yeah, county. Yeah. Yeah, there aren't really any here in LA, anyways. Well, I mean, there are big ones that are in LA. I don't think there's any around here. Like what? But in downtown, I mean, the county hospital. Just you. That's where I was yeah. born. <laughs> you were born in the county hospital? Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, I was born in Georgia, so it's no. Yeah. <laughs> County, and they make thirty to forty grand. They don't make good money at all. Why if it's not thirty or forty, it has to be average, a highest of fifty. If you're yeah. a licensed or educated or whatever nurse, why would anyone even go to work at County then? Well, because there's a demand, right? At County. Well, no, there, there's I, a demand. I think of they workers, get paid more laborers. in LA County than they would in, like, let's say, Nebraska. Well, public right, hospital. right, but even even if they make more, let's just say more is seventy thousand. Is that enough to live by yourself in California? No, no. Well, uh, so so that's why I'm saying with a moderate lifestyle, moderate as in no home ownership and no chance of moving out of a class system that you're stuck in. Sure, cheap home home ownership and no, 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 no home you ownership. Said, you said a loan. No, what? No, you I said just... no home ownership. I didn't say anything about a loan, but I said no yeah. home ownership. Yeah, I, 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 I think cheap home ownership. You can buy an apartment or a condo or something for, you know. I know, I know, but but that's not owner. I'm talking about, like, you buy a piece of land and you own a house. No, no one's looking to, like, oh, hey, I, I own an apartment suite. No one's doing, no one's, like, proud of that. No, you want to own a house. That well, is what you want to do. Well, no one's selling a house in Southern California for less than 500 grand. <laughs> that's but you can still buy a property that isn't houses. 
Peter, no one wants you yeah, want somewhere to live. You, no, you, you want get to somewhere. live somewhere. You get somewhere to live. An apartment, a condo, something. I mean, but you're not gonna buy an apartment. You can. I used to. We used to own it. We made a good amount of money off of it. I, I know, but your your my point is is the low class people who become RNs. For for example, Mount Saint Mary's is a great school for people yeah. who who come from you know low end low income neighborhoods and low end communities who go to Mount Saint Mary's. And I know you're shaking your head because. You know, a, a lot of them do work at strip clubs and, and stuff around the area. No, I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm dead ass serious. I laugh, but I believe you. Oh, yeah. I'm dead ass serious. Yeah, they, they do. And not all of them. I'm not stereotyping, but I'm saying yeah, if you've I know. been to some of the surrounding be strip clubs, Be careful you know. here. My sister went to mine in Santa Maria's. Did she? Yeah. Oh, not, there you have it. Be careful you make your money. Son. Yeah, yeah. You make money. But but that's my point. You know, you're ma- these are low-income and low-earning uh students who are going to become the rns and they're still making low income i, I will you know? agree with you on that yeah though. and that's yeah. a bump like yeah you can get an apartment but man you're gonna be stuck in low income maybe like bordering middle well, income maybe well, but if you work private that's different you not just private, that but it's it, not just that but it's also found that the private uh, private uh, medical sector is always a lot more efficient and more successful like you know creating the same treatments or whatever oh, of course rather than government it's because they're private yeah i mean they have the incentive make money that's the incentive the you private have to sector <laughs> the private sector will always do better than the government sector in in, in every means because their Generally, goal yeah. is a lot more focused than the government's goal the government is to perform a task the private sector is to succeed yeah. So there's a huge yeah. difference. I mean, that's why, I mean, I think I've mentioned this in prior podcast episodes, but that's why I'm a, more of a fan of subsidies than I am of directly operated government facilities. And, and, and I think I've talked about this before, but that's why I don't like a large federal government. That's why I like state government, because the states understand the needs of their direct citizens rather than, you know, for example, California has the most expensive cost of living. Their CPI is the highest, right? Mm-hmm. If yep. you compare us to Ohio... How the hell is that like the same? Yeah. The, the federal minimum wage is seven twenty five. There's a reason why California's is trying to go up, even though the artificial growth of the fifteen is, is not proper. But there's a reason why we can't survive on seven twenty five. But the funny thing you is know? that Ohio has a lot more voting power in the national election than California yep. does. Do they really? Yep. Uh, in in terms of the electoral college? Yep. yep. Uh, no, not well, in terms no, of the electoral college, but because uh, they're considered a swing state. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. they're small enough to not write. Okay, because I what you're saying. essentially, if you're in a state like California, then if you're voting voting for president, your vote essentially doesn't count because California's going to swing to the left. California's going to be Democratic regardless of how you vote. While if you're in Texas, it's the same thing. It's going to go Republican, yeah. even if you vote. doesn't matter if you vote for a Keep, Democrat. Yeah, but, Keep in mind, you should all still vote. You should oh, definitely yes, still this vote. Is, this is my... Ca- uh, <laughs> yeah. This is my point that i want to make is uh, my caveat Mm. uh does not matter if where you live you should still vote because on that ballot is a whole hell of a lot of other stuff that matters a crap ton to the you. propositions the laws yes. the propositions the things that oh. will affect you directly and i would argue to a much greater degree than who is president well hold on hold yeah. on so i say that california is yeah. a blue state and you say that texas is a red state but history has proven that oftentimes with enough people voting and you know big enough reform that can change nothing can. is static yeah. you know regardless of what the statistics say California is, you have your own opinion. Yeah, but but you're assuming that your margin of error is true and not artificial, in which, in this case, it would be artificial because you have a lot of collusion and a lot of... 
uh, fake voting. A lot of gerrymandering is Jer- huge. Gerrymandering is the biggest. Huge. Gerrymandering is the the biggest. I think fraud in all of American history. Yes, fraud is the second biggest because. Oh, guess what? You know what? I actually got my ballots. You know, mail in because I mm-hmm. I love. I used to like I when in the last election and in all the city elections I like going to the polls. Nah, screw it's that. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But you know what? After care. the last yeah. one where we were voting about the proposition in California for the independent workers and and after that ballot hit, I think that was a year and a half ago, I was like, "Nah, fuck this. I want the mail in now." Yeah. Cuz it was it was fun for the experience, but I don't want to do this every year. No. Nah, I yeah. I've never I don't I've always done mail in. <laughs> I received mine. And I received two other people, the prior owner of our house and one of our relatives, or our family friend, I should say, who moved out of the country. Oh, wow. And I received both of theirs. And keep in mind, their ballots are attached, so I can technically fill them in and mail them in because you can't verify a mail-in. And... Yeah, I I could I have three votes right now. I just oh, want to announce that I'm not going to do it. So if anyone, yeah. were, I'm not doing it. But I'm just saying, <laughs> hypothetically, I have three votes. That's that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Listen, that's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. Personally, I'd always rather do a mail-in vote because there's no pressure of you having to hurry up and vote or whatever. You know, there's no people no, that's saying, true. "Hey, yeah. vote one way or another way." You could take your time at home. You could look up all the propositions as you research. You yeah. can vote on things accordingly, and you know, take your sweet time at home. Seriously, if you're gonna vote on things, look it up. Decide what it is that you're actually voting on. There's a lot of really stupid things that get passed. There's a lot of really stupid things that get turned down for good reason. So honestly, I like the uh, non-pressure uh, mail-in vote where I can vote on my own time whenever I yep. want, send in the ballot, not have to give a shit about lines and going somewhere public and catching someone else's disease when they sneeze on me and right and, yeah. and, and, and also, again also you don't have to take a day off of work if they don't yeah. allow you to take a day off of work they have to they have yeah. to yes they uh, have, they, it's they a have to. federal yeah. law they have, have to, to give but the, you don't have to deal with that and worry about that if you yeah. vote at home or or but, you still take the time off get paid you? yeah they have to yes you have yeah. to you get so you get two hours you get two hours uh, I feel like two there's hours. a lot of places where two hours is a lot. You're gonna, you, it it's is. gonna take you a lot longer than two hours. So, so that's the thing. Vote. You get two hours minimum. Most companies give you overhead and under. Hmm. And the reason for that is because it's much easier to just say, "Hey, I'm gonna pay you for that extra hour," then deal with a lawsuit later. Huh. Because if you do bar someone from being able to vote, and it's proven that you hindered them, and and creating a rational decision on a national level you're going to get your ass handed to in court regardless if you did your minimum part regardless if they find you're taking advantage of that system they can fight back but like oh yeah i'm not saying take advantage of that system i'm just saying you know mail-in votes so much easier now now that's the thing what most people do is they'll mail in and then they'll still take the two hour and they'll go out and do something else which you know what okay I'm I'm more fine with some people abusing that system than no one voting or people being hindered to vote, but I mean I, I would do it, you know. <laughs> I have a question: yeah. <laughs> Is it ever possible to move to an online system? I don't it think so. Seems highly I mean, illogical because it could be easily cheated somehow. The only but way to you... get around that is having voter ID cards that match your social security number. That can be or one, one vote or, for social security, or and yeah, this I mean, is this is way. like years out, but having a blockchain system of verification and security, yeah. 
well, a lot of security systems want to use blockchain yeah. for the fact that it's completely unique. So when you do vote, there you go. Like, yeah. there's no way to change it. You, you know, you can't replicate it. So that would be an actually pretty interesting proposition. It'd be interesting if we ever see that. Yeah. Hey, someone, someone, huh. uh, go start a company, make a blockchain technology. I on voting. feel like I've seen or, or I feel like I've seen some projects uh, try to tackle that subject, actually voting using blockchain technology. Can't remember names though. An interesting idea. This is a little while ago. Yeah, it's a yeah. great technology. Yeah. Either way, yeah, go out and vote and make sure your voice is heard. It's a big deal. It, it matters. Your your investments, it makes a huge difference. Your yeah. job, it makes a huge difference. Home ownership, renting, even life. renting, day-to-day life, yeah. all makes a difference. I, I can't express how much voting matters because in California, we passed a proposition that pretty much disrupted independent contractors and freelancers from doing their job and it's horrible it's just pretty much this is a union lobbied the fuck out of proposition because you have editor or sorry you have contributors for uh you know sports websites yeah like espn and you got a bunch of freelance surveyors and yeah. freelance lawyers and freelance medical practitioners mm-hmm. and freelance drivers, Uber, Lyft, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. You got all these freelance folk, right, who aren't in unions, okay. who aren't protected, who yeah. have no insurance, who have no benefits, right? Yeah. Now, I'm probably sure you're thinking, well, okay, they made that decision because being a freelancer is not mandatory. It's not like you got forced into being a freelancer. If anything, you have to be more conscious of being a freelancer than you are in any other position because you're taking on your own burden. Now, California's law pretty much states that you cannot be a, or you, the employer, cannot employ freelance contractors in certain fields of work. For example, ESPN cannot use freelance contractors anymore beyond 19 submitted articles. Anything beyond 19, they must be hired on as a full-time employee. What? Yep. Uber and Lyft got uh, hugely affected by that. Yep, and and uh, Uber just got denied their appeal in California for that. I heard. Which means they have to they have to now figure out how they're going to consolidate all their drivers. The people who payroll. are considered drivers for Uber and Lyft used to be a private contractor where they could just apply to be able to use their service and then get paid yep. for the time as a contractor. Uh, that's no longer the case now. Uber is required to essentially consider them employees and hire them. Well, yeah. I mean, I also don't feel bad for Uber in particular in that sort of situation. I feel bad for the people. Uh, I feel bad I for feel the people. Bad for the people. I don't feel bad for Uber because they already were skirting laws and regulations about taxis. I, and, I, I agree. They oh, said they're, yeah, their yeah. workers are not like technically taxi drivers so they don't have to get their right. licenses they avoided paying licensing fees and insurance taxes fees and insurance. which are huge yeah. yeah but here's the thing though who is this going to affect more oh it's the people the people yeah I which feel bad is, for which, the people yeah. a lot more than I feel bad for Uber yeah I, I don't care about the corporation I care about the people because yeah. at the end of the day independent contractors are the people and for example ESPN and a lot of these like sports uh, sites they dropped almost all their contributors Jesus. who are freelancers because they said, you know what? I'm sorry, but you're only going to be able to contribute 19 articles in the whole year. And quite frankly, we can just hire one full-time person to make up for five of you. Jesus. So dropped them. So that's a bunch of people who are out of the work, right? And 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 you know what? This is just the another 
union lobbied thing because they want more people working full-time jobs and then going up to them saying hi would you like to join our union you want to pay your union dues and we'll fight for whatever it's another market disruption that's completely unnecessary and and for anyone who's out of the state of california that's what's going on in california right now which affects you know people who are expert witnesses the firm i work at um i'm not sure how affected we're going to be but we do have people who are uh on contract so you know hi we'd like you to come on to this case you know we just want you for just one case here's a contract here's your hourly billing that you can go ahead and tell us how much you want us to pay you good done what if we need to hire them full-time now our office might not need you know 10 12 other econometricians to come on board but we need some who are specialized in different things right do we need someone who's specialized in healthcare econometrics probably not no, but we might not. need them for one case you know so we don't want to hire them full time hmm. that's why it, you know this is why you vote folks because then you get your gavin newsoms who don't understand economics and you get people in power who just don't understand that you have to look at the long-term effect you want to hear another example you know? of the ridiculous things california is doing right now is uh have you heard of the recent travel bans of public officials traveling to other states over mm -hmm. other states enacting laws about anti-LGBT uh, stuff? Wait, like, what? Oh, yeah. So there's other what states that are, like, really Christian or don't necessarily care about... Traditionalist, yeah, right. Or yeah. don't necessarily care about the morals of a lot of the people in California about the LGBT community. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so California started banning their public officials from traveling to those states on... on on business terms, uh, like uh, with government like, officials, right? Public officials, uh, people that hold public office in California. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. Now have a travel ban on traveling to those states on uh, for any business, public or private. Well, well, okay, hold on, but but they can still travel there for personal reasons, right? Yeah, if you go yeah. There for business oh, okay, personal. Okay, like, okay, we're good, good. I, no I, infringement of your liberties, then. Well, we're good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. That seems pretty pretty ridiculous. Yeah, to if me. it's if it's for work and it's, I don't give a shit. California yeah, saying we can no longer business. talk to another state because yeah. they're anti-gay. That, but that's fine if they, the people in power don't want to talk with them. As long as they're not infringing on business and private life, I could care less. Or uh, I couldn't care less is I what th I I think say. one of the examples was uh, South Carolina or maybe it was another state in the East Coast that sure. uh, um, enacted some law where um, you were only allowed to go to the bathroom of the gender that you were born uh, with. So if you were born a male, okay. then you can only go to the male bathroom. Mm. If you're born a female, you can only go to the female bathroom. Sure. And there's some really serious repercussions if you don't follow that. So Cali California instituted so California a ban. So California uh, instituted a travel ban for that state for that reason. So now none of our public officials can talk with that state, can do business with them, can create laws or figure out solutions, interstate commerce, none of that. We are now like, like California is trying to separate themselves from the rest of the country. I mean, I'm, again, I'm okay with that if it's just, like, state-to-state -state business only because interstate commerce, for example, like, if we do any type of interstate commerce with North Carolina, as long as the California is not saying we're imposing a tax or we're going to impose a block or we're going to do something that's going to disrupt natural business or personal lives, I, I personally don't care. The, this business, is almost like a, how do I say, emotional civil war. It, it is. Well, you know, it, it's societal development. You're having many different sects of societies that are, are adopting different things that are 
either counteractive to a traditionalist point of view than a progressive point of view. Regardless, it's just people's individual liberties. And to be quite frank, if the government, if a group of government officials don't want to talk to the other government officials, I don't care. Government's already yeah. inefficient. Whatever. You don't want to talk to more, to create more inefficient yeah, stuff? Yeah, you don't have cool. to make it worse. Listen, you know, like... Eh, I, it, I don't I think mean, it makes it worse. My taxes shouldn't be paying for these public officials to make these stupid fucking laws that no one actually cares about. They're wasting their time with these ridiculous travel bans. Yeah, but I'd argue be... we're saving money. We're not paying for oh, their travel. I'm... We're not I mean, paying for their travel. How much are you really yeah. saving? They probably waste more time enacting these, it's... you know, these pointless laws. Ah, than it's more of a... It's, it's more of a... It's more for, like, a political statement than it is yes. an actual effect. It's more wasting time yes. and resources than it is an actual Well, but that's effect. the thing. I don't think we're really wasting... So I'm, I'm just thinking about how much beyond of what we already pay is being wasted. And at the end of the day, it's not being wasted. They're just using it for... A reason that's just to send a statement. Look, at the end of the day, you know. no one really cares about these laws in one state or another. Do you really care? Like, well, is that that you, big of a deal? You know, uh, I might, I might ask. not care, but the people living there might. And and I this feel is like the thing: most people don't. I feel like it's the people who hold public office that make it a big deal. You know, that I'm inclined to believe in, yes. I, I believe that it is political officials that do tend to blow it out of proportion. But that oh, being said... Yeah. But that's because they want to get reelected. But that's exactly. what's going on yeah. here. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that I'm offended every time a chick walks into my bathroom. I don't want that shit happening as much as you do. But, like, the, it, it's not so much that I don't care or that I do care. It's that everything is being blown out of proportion. And a lot of people are wasting a lot of time doing things that just don't matter. I mean, for me, I... I don't really care. I think that people shouldn't have their liberties infringed on in the first place, whether or not you are in those, or you identify as one of those uh, members of that group. If you do, then, I mean, dude, you have as much liberties as I do, and I don't give a crap. The thing is, is I don't like it when politicians create laws that infringe on them, and then as a result, you're creating more inefficiencies. Well, yeah, because right? then people take sides, they argue with each other, and then you have a split of decisions. Right, because, well, because it shouldn't matter. I mean, for example, most businesses are now moving away from uh, multi, or sorry, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, I forget the name of it, but it's a restroom that, oh, uh, um, multi, uh, oh, God. I can't think of the name, but it's a bathroom that has multiple stalls. Bath no, no, no. It has multiple stalls. So you can you can have multiple people using the bathroom at multiple times. Oh. Businesses are moving away from that, and they're, prefer they're preferring more personal bathrooms. So those mm. that are unisex but have a toilet and a urinal and a sink, done. And they're preferring oh, that because oh, it's more cost-efficient, but at the same time, it meets the desires and the demands from everyone's part. Now you're not sharing a bathroom with someone that you, quote-unquote, might be uncomfortable with. But at the same time, someone who wants to have the private bathroom has the private bathroom. And keep in mind, that wasn't mandated, by the way. wasn't mandated. Remember, the government only said we needed gender-neutral bathrooms, right? But businesses naturally said, okay, that's fine, but I don't want a large bathroom anymore. I'll just have a personalized bathroom. And in fact, consumers like that more. Because it's less, I mean, let, I'll face it right here. Like, I don't care who comes in the bathroom. I just don't like it when another person's in the bathroom with me at all. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. Like, I don't uh, want to be taking a loud shit and someone next to me is, like, listening, you know? Yeah, that's pretty awkward. When right. you're on the toilet and then, like, someone comes to, like, wash their hands or use a urinal and they're next to you. And it, and exactly. You're you know, having, let's say, uh. Let's say you had Taco Bell that day. Yeah, yeah. you got explosive uh, <laughs> diarrhea in the next stall. And the, it could be and, pretty fucking embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and the person next to you is just like laughing their ass off. You're sitting there like, man, dude, like... like uh, that's why I like using the bathroom at home. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's why I like I'll hold I in like my privacy. Hoop. Yeah. <laughs> I like privacy. And and that's why I think even you know, and, and just bring this to full circle. Businesses are adopting those personalized bathrooms now that just serve one person and it's working. You know, so I think I think you know, North Carolina's law about that seems kind of stupid, but at the same time, California's response is to send a statement. At the end of the day, it's semantics in politics. I think it might have been you know? South Carolina, but uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah, South Carolina, North Carolina, same shit, right? It's like South Carolina. So tell that to Do they them. matter? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> if anyone's from the Carolinas here, you know, no offense. Fuck but, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be Nebraska or Dakotas or something. I, mean, my, I don't know. My main issue with the whole scenario was not so much that I care about one side of the laws or the other side of the laws. No, it's I get that, what you're saying. It's that I think the politicians have something better to do and, and more important to talk about. And and uh, I think it's a misuse of resources here. Well, you, you know, you've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. When the government is being inefficient, it makes me happy because things are not fucking changing. Mm-hmm. They're not infringing people's liberties while at the same time... They're not changing business practices. <laughs> so, at the, you know what? If you're not working, fantastic. You're wasting my tax dollars, fine. But at least you're not making life worse for me. Well, you know, you could be making it worse. Let's see. You know, it, it's it's bad, but it could be worse. But at least they're not making it worse. I mean, it could always be worse. Everything can always be worse. But as long <laughs> as it's not getting worse, then good. All right. You know? And um, I think this is where we're going to wrap up our podcast for today. Yeah. Oh, before we leave, I do want to give a shout out to KNK Events. Um, What's that? So they're an event uh, planning uh, company for uh, bridal showers, uh, weddings, uh, welcome babies, etc. Are, are we being endorsed for this? Uh, this no, a... no. This is just a free shout out. Oh, uh, okay. They're, they're co-workers of mine. Uh, they have oh, their own right. company. Um, so I just want to give them a shout out. I meant to do it in the beginning of the episode. So if anyone has actually listened to the end of the episode, yeah, uh, shout cool. out to we, KNK. We, we accept royalties, <laughs> we'll sign up a contract, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. All right, that's what I'm hearing here. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Whoever you are, best of luck, get us in on this cut here. No. Yeah, all right. Do we, should we should get a reference code from them. Oh. So like, if you put in this reference code, you get a discount put, put or code something. code FD for a yeah. 15% discount. All right. That doesn't actually exist. Don't try well, that. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't exist yet. Yeah, that's the key word. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, this is, uh, wow, first of 2020, huh? Oh, yeah. uh, let's plug our uh, ways of contacting us. You can get a hold of us on our uh, Reddit, um, Financial Decapitation. You can get a hold of us through email. Um, yeah. uh, our email is uh, uh, fdinvestmentgp uh, at gmail.com. And uh, big, big thing, you know, we, uh, I always talk about it, but education is really important. I'm a huge huge supporter making sure that everyone listening is seeking that intellectual desire and the educational desire to learn so you know if you have questions or if you have things that you want to comment on please you know reach out we want to talk about it yeah and if you have uh, uh topics ideas you want to talk about any articles you thought were interesting anything you want to discuss post it on our reddit send us an email any questions comments all, all, all the like uh, suggestions for wine and cheese go ahead take those too oh yeah yeah that will be actually widely appreciated yeah so. oh yeah like I just have a list of different wines and cheeses yeah we do run out of ideas so <laughs> that that actually would be very helpful alright well that's it that's a wrap take care guys alright yeah. bye 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 oh my god oh jeez my balls <laughs>